Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You never forget your first. The first player from your school to make one giant leap onto the Heisman stage and then put the first national championship hardware in the trophy case. Well, we take that trailblazing journey with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24 7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. The Florida State football program boasts three national championships and a trio of Heisman Trophy winners. But the road to being the first to achieve those accolades has many twists and turns. Imagine starting out as a punter, taking a year off to play basketball, then finally getting your shot under center only to lead your team to their first national championship. And if that wasn't enough, you go on to be the only Heisman winner to play in the NBA. That's right, we travel from the hash marks to the hardwood with my special guest on the show, Charlie Ward, national champion for the Florida State Seminoles, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate you very much. Yeah, and so you're a star athlete in multiple sports at Thomas County Central High in Georgia. What was your recruiting like, and what drew you to Florida State? Well, initially, you know, my recruiting was, uh, I guess this is kind of snail mail, but, um, you know, I had a bunch of letters um, that was coming to the house. Yeah, old school. Yeah, that's old school. So, you know, it was re- rather flattering to be able to have a box, uh, a couple boxes of, uh, you know, interest letters. And, um, but when it came down to it, you know, like four schools, four or five schools that uh, were there to end, Auburn, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Florida State. And, um, and so I, um, you know, essentially chose Florida State uh, because of Coach Bowden um, and his history of allowing Guys to play uh, basketball, uh, mainly Brad Johnson, uh, who played quarterback as well. So that gave me hope because that was something that I wanted to do, you know, going to college. Um, I wanted to play basketball and, you know, because I was an athlete and I just wanted to continue that trend of playing basketball and football. And I felt like he was going to give me the best opportunity. And also, you know, it was closer to home uh, when it was all said and done, you know, being able to play close to home for my family, didn't have to travel too far, um, was another uh, enticing uh, reason. And Florida State being a good college as well. Yeah, basketball and family being close by. It sounds like a nice one-two combo. And you land in Tallahassee and have a wild few first collegiate years. 
Your freshman year, you play a little quarterback and even were a punter. Then you sat out the 1990 season as you became the starting point guard on the basketball team. Fast forward to 91, you get some snaps at QB and even some at wide receiver. What did you learn from the other QBs on the roster, Casey Weldon, and as you mentioned, Brad Johnson? Well, I learned a lot from all the guys that were before me um, that I was there with. Peter Tom Willis uh, was a guy who, you know, wasn't mobile, wasn't athletic in the sense of uh, being able to run around and do those types of things, but he knew how to manipulate the pocket. Um, he studied a lot, watched a lot of film, and, um, you know, those are things that I got an opportunity to see. And Casey and Brad, they were both uh, different in their own way, but very athletic. Uh, Brad was very, very competitive in everything. <laughs> and so, you know, that was uh, something that I learned from him that if you're going to if you're going to compete, you know, there's no need to come half hearted. And uh, Casey, you know, he was athletic and very competitive as well in his own right. Um, and, you know, just learn how to you know, be, be willing to compete um, if you're going to have a job or you know, don't be afraid to compete for a position. You know, with Brad and Casey being in the same year, uh, you know, they they both got an opportunity to play at some point um, and start, um, and then one replaced the other. Um, and so, you know, I just, just saw a lot um, from those three guys uh, that, you know, I was able to, um, you know, glean from and learn how to, uh, you know, watch film and uh, be the student of the game. Uh, as well as, you know, be willing to compete at a high level at all times. Yeah, well, it sounds like competition breeds success because you finally get your shot in your junior season as the Seminoles became members of the ACC, and you played a brutal schedule. Six opponents ranked in the top 25. Your only loss in the regular season was the second-ranked Miami, led by Gino Toretta. What was the team's mindset going into the Orange Bowl against 11th-ranked Nebraska, led by Tommy Frazier? Our goal, main goal, each and every um, game was, you know, no matter who we played, we, we were going to give ourselves a chance to win um, just by the way we prepared. And, uh, and practice was always tough because we were playing against, you know, top-ranked defense and vice versa. Offensively, uh, we were top-ranked as well. So practice was always uh, very competitive. And that definitely helped us uh, get prepared for any game that we were going to play. Um, and, you know, going into that Orange Bowl game uh, was was a little different uh, than, you know, the, the, the next year. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, our whole mindset was if we could ever, I mean, we were on a bowl game winning streak. Uh, that wasn't like the focal point. But uh, we knew that if we had time to prepare and uh, we were, you know, winning bowl games that we had a chance to win win the game. So you know, it was really not a, a big-time focus as far as, you know, the championship was concerned, but it was about continuing the winning streak in bowl games uh, for that year. Well, keeping the winning streak alive, you did. You down the Cornhuskers. 27-14, your name Conference Player of the Year, second-team All-American, a finalist for the Davy O'Brien Award, and finished sixth in the Heisman voting. And after throwing for over 2,600 yards, 22 TDs, and another 500 yards on the ground with six TDs, did you expect this much success in your first year as a starter? Well, I don't know what success means, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, when you – I, I kind of didn't expect 
a lot of the things. Um, I didn't really know what to expect because it was really my first time stepping on the field in significant snaps. And so, um, you know, early on, I had some hiccups as far as throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> and that happens. You know, that, yeah, that played a big part in, you know, my growth process. Uh, and it helped me to you know, learn how to uh, persevere, you know, through tough times. Um, I think we all have adversity that we have to go through. And I was just grateful that they gave me multiple opportunities to get it right. Um, I, I mean, there were some things that I was doing right, uh, but I was also doing some things that was wrong. But I was grateful for a great defense uh, because I was putting them in compromising situations and they kept bailing us out. And um, I was just grateful that. You know, I was, I was able to have a, a solid defense, um, you know, that year. But, you know, the expectation was always to play at a high level. Um, that was something that you had to do um, if you were going to be at Florida State because in practice it was very competitive, and I think we made each other better. So Practice makes perfect, right? Yeah, or at least uh, it prepares you to be perfect. <laughs> there you go. Or play well. And we're speaking with Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner and Florida State legend. And your team finished second in the polls with an 11-1 and record, plus an undefeated record in conference play behind an offense that scored 446 points and a defense, like you were saying, that only allowed 186 points. Did the team feel unstoppable going into the 1993 season? Um, I wouldn't say unstoppable. Um, I, I felt like we were – we had prepared ourselves – to uh, have a great season because we had quite a few guys coming back uh, off of the uh, 92 team. And, you know, we, we had lost one game. So, so, you know, we were uh, very uh, disappointed that we lost that game. Of course, it was to Miami, uh, oh, one of our rivals. Of course. Um, and so that was a tough one. Uh, however, we knew we had experience coming back. Uh, we had lost some some quality defensive players, and the offense was really, uh, from a media standpoint, was overshadowing um, the defense early on. And from, uh, like I say, from a media standpoint, not inside, you know, on the team, because uh, we knew what we were, what we had on on the defensive side. But the first game, they came out and they had like a 12 play stand or something on the goal line against Kansas. Uh, which uh, kind of opened the eyes of the media. Um, That'll do it, show, a 12-way stand. <laughs> yeah, to, to show what kind of defense we had. And then they followed that up against uh, Clemson uh, to have another goal line stand uh, against Clemson as well. And, and so, and they also outscored um, opponents like the first four games or something. It was something crazy. At least Derrick Brooks outscored them. Um, so yeah, Derek Brooks know, we, outscored all five opponents combined. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we knew we had, but, um, I wouldn't say we felt like we were unstoppable. I just felt like we were always prepared, uh, to play the game and compete at a high level. And as I tell my players, uh, today that I coach, um, at Florida high, that if you have more talent than the other team and you execute at a high level, the score will reflect that. And so, you know, that's the way it was. Their score reflected um, a lot of the uh, games that we played or teams we played. Um, and our whole mindset was to go out and, uh, and go out and play at a high level. 
That's fantastic. And let's get into that dream season. As you said, the top-ranked Seminoles roll through the first five games of the season, crushing opponents by an average score of 46-3. to Then comes the rematch with number three, Miami in Tallahassee, with the Canes on a 31-game regular season win streak. What was the feeling in the locker room going into that game, knowing that you lost the year before? Uh, I mean, we, we just we just wanted to finish. Uh, you know, it was unfinished business in a sense. Uh, because we, you know, lost it about three points and we didn't play our best offensively, you know, the year before, uh, but we only still lost by three points. You know, it was a game that we always, not circled, but had on the had on the schedule and we knew that was going to happen. It was a rival game and Dope Campbell was, uh, was sold out. Oh, I can and, imagine it was. <laughs> and rocking. And for us to go jump on them early, uh, 21 to seven, I think it was yep. at half, uh, we were able to, uh, you know, get a cushion and the second half, it was just a defensive battle. Um, and so we didn't turn the football over, uh, which, and we all, we were able to move the football as well, which, uh, killed some time. And then our defense, you know, just smothered them. I mean, they gave up three points in the second half, which if you're going to have a championship team, you got to have a a great defense um, that's going to lead the charge and get stops when you need it, uh, need it the most. And we, we, we had that. And so just to kind of get that monkey off our back, uh, the pick that uh, pick six that Devin Bush had at the end sealed it because we had seen Miami come back time and time again. I know since I've been there, uh, we were up and they would come back and take the lead late in the game. And so for him to seal it with a pick six uh, was uh, a great way to end it. There's a pass intercepted by Devin Bush. And the game is over. Yeah, that's got to be sweet right there. Seals the pick six for the 28-10 to 10 victory. And you and the top-ranked Seminoles head into the 10th game of the season against second-ranked Notre Dame in a matchup of undefeated teams. The game had a ton of hype, uh, dubbed Game of the Century with ESPN's College Game Day making its first on-campus visit to South Bend. Whose idea was it to have the green hats with the shamrocks, gold-embroidered FSU initials on the front? I'm not sure, <laughs> um, but uh, they gave them to us, and we wore them. And, uh, I mean, you know, it was no disrespect. It was just a sign of respect, um, you know, and, and joining the tradition of playing Notre Dame. I don't know. I was my first time, and also uh, playing in South Bend was a great experience. Uh, so that was, um, you know, that was something that was was given to us and done, and it might have added a little fuel to the fire. Do you still have it? I don't think so. Um, could be somewhere. The box is a memorabilia. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> but um, it was definitely a a symbol um, that we were. There we were playing Notre Dame, and hopefully, you know, the lucky green hat would uh, go in our favor. But uh, I don't believe in luck. But um, it was uh, it was not a show a sign of disrespect um, in any form. But maybe they took it that way. I don't know. We're speaking with Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner and a Florida State legend. And even after the 31-24 loss, the team actually dropped one spot in the polls to number two 
And as you said, there's no such thing as luck. But as luck would have it, Notre Dame loses to Boston College the following week. When did you find out that Florida State was back in the in number one at the polls? Was that after the NC State game? Uh, I mean, we we had an idea. Um, actually, we were we were getting prepared for the NC State game, and uh, and Notre Dame and Boston College game was on, and we we were getting ready to walk down to get prepared uh, from our dorms down to the uh, to Moore Center. And someone yelled out that Boston College was lining up to kick the game-winning field goal. And you had to leave? And, <laughs> and so everyone stopped, went back into their rooms or into uh, someone's room and watched the last the, the game-winning kick. And nice. so when that happened, uh, it's on video somewhere, but when that happened, you know, it was like a big eruption in the in – the, uh, in the dorms at the dorms and everyone was outside hooping and hollering and because we knew that gave us a another opportunity to go out and handle our business even though we had two more games left um to have, to be able to finish the deal but we knew that gave us a chance to get back to where we wanted to be um after that and of course you know we had to go out and handle our business against north carolina state which we did uh six two to three and that's handling you know, business. <laughs> and so we, I mean, after that, that, uh, that game, we were just hoping and praying that we would, you know, at least get back uh, in the top two so that we can, um, we could have a chance to play in that championship game. But we had one game left to be able to get to that point, And that was against another rival mm. in the swamp. And they had won 23 straight games uh, there as well. And so it was going to be a tough task. Uh, But like I said, we had prepared ourselves for it. I had a very good game plan. Uh, We went out and executed it early um, and often. And we uh, got a lead. Our defense was still solid um, throughout the game. And uh, the fourth quarter came through, uh, came, and they made a run. Um, they had a fluke catch, uh, I think, you know, bounce off a guy and he juggled it and caught it for a touchdown to bring it within uh, like five points. And so we had to we had to put together put together a drive um, to at least get a field goal. Um, that was the ultimate goal. But if we could score a touchdown, that would be even better. And so it was a uh, first down, second down. They got stops. Um, that was one of the loudest places I've ever you know, been in. No, they get crazy uh, in the that, swamp. <laughs> at that time, well, they weren't loud throughout the game because we had quieted them down uh, from, you know, we, we were winning the game the whole time and the game wasn't really close until the fourth quarter. And that was the loudest I'd ever heard a place um, outside of Death Valley my junior year. Um, and the ground was shaking and it was third and 10. And, you know, if you're going to be a championship quality team, uh, guys have to step up and make plays. And, you know, we were fortunate that I was able to get out side of the pocket and hit Ward, uh, streaking, you know, on an out route. And uh, we got a block from Tameric Vanover, and Ward took it like 70-plus yards or so to seal the game. Ward takes the snap. 
play action. Drops, looks, pops out of the pocket, runs to his left, throws it downfield. It is caught by Dunn. He's got the first down to the 40, down to the 50, down to the side, down to the 40, down to the 30. He separates. He's to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Florida State. Warwick Dunn on third down. Unbelievable. Can I tell you what? What a great play by Charlie Ward. As he was just corralled back there, came out. He picked up the streaking. So that was a, a great, great day in Seminole history uh, because it gave us an opportunity to play in a national championship game for the first time, I think, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you were just talking about the, you had to end the season against uh, number seven, Florida. I mean, it was a loaded regular season schedule consisting of second ranked Notre Dame, number three, Miami, Florida, 13th ranked North Carolina, number 15, Virginia, 17th ranked Clemson. So you're pretty battle tested going into the national championship game. Uh, yes. I mean, all the games we were, you know, locked and loaded to to play. Um, as I mentioned, the coaches players everyone you know prepared a certain way and um but i mean when you have competition in practice the way we had you know the game seemed a little easy uh especially if you're uh, playing if you're playing against teams uh that have the same type of talent you know across the board then you're prepared for that and if you have teams that may have a you know some talent here and there um you're prepared for that as well and so i just thought we were prepared all season for whatever team we faced um whether it was at home whether it was on the road because of our experience yeah we're speaking with charlie ward 1993 heisman trophy winner and florida state legend so you've had the familiar territory back at the orange bowl against the familiar foe the undefeated big eight champ second-ranked Nebraska, and down 15-13 to 13 late in the fourth quarter. Take me into the huddle as you drive the Seminoles down the field in the final minute. Uh, well, I mean, we had like a minute, 16 seconds, uh, which, you know, as a competitor, uh, you kind of want that stage, that moment, um, because you're either going to be the GOAT or you're going to be the hero. Um, you're the hero. And so... Um, that's kind of the way, you know, I always approach life and, um, you know, you always go back to the moments when you were a young kid. And I think this is every kid, um, that the sports, you know, that this a sports fanatic or an athlete or what have you, you always go in that backyard and you're talk, you're, you're going, to, you got the countdown, uh, five, four, and you making your move and then you shoot the shot. Um, the game winner. You know, game winner type shot or you know in this case is the game winning drive and you know we've all been in that position where we wanted that and this is my my chance and so just stepping in the huddle um it was really all the things we had prepared because every thursday uh we would have um two minute drill and a two minute drill was always good on good um and so first team on first team Yes. And so it was it was always challenging because, you know, when you have two good teams uh, going against it, going against each other, you know, it gets really, really competitive. 
in, in a lot of ways. And I think that definitely helped us, you know, when it came down to our last drive of being able to put together drives. We knew what we wanted to do. Um, I hit a couple of uh, good passes. We had a couple of catches. Uh, we had a couple of penalties um, to aid the drive, uh, keep the drive moving down uh, without the clock moving. And so all those things, you know, come into just executing uh, and finding a way to make plays when you need it. And we were able to get the field goal from Scott Bentley, who's a freshman. Uh, it was a short one, but that's another good or hero moment. <laughs> yeah, because that's a lot of pressure. Um, and he was able to power it through. Uh, but we left him some time on the clock, uh, which I'm not sure. Yeah, it was 21, we... 21 seconds left. And Nebraska drives your 28 and the clock to appear to expire. And what was going through your head as you go from elation to the refs putting one second back on the clock? Uh, I mean, you know, it was it was a trying moment, um, of course. But when you're in that position and you've done all that you can do to help your team win the game, and now you're depending on, you know, your teammates to pull you through, uh, you just have to live with the results. And so, you know, it was definitely trying to see them put one second back on the clock for them to at least get an opportunity to kick a field goal. Um, but I was trusting that our defense uh, would put pressure on the kick uh, to at least make them rush. And it was a little bit out of his range as well. Uh, but it was also trying when they – put the ball forward even more, yes. uh, you know, than where we, where we thought it was. And so that was the, the, a challenge. Uh, but, you know, then again, you know, you just have to live the results. Um, and, you know, unfortunate, fortunate for us, he uh, missed the kick, uh, but it definitely was rush. Uh, we had Clifford Abraham coming around the edge to put pressure on that kick. Uh, to force him to kick it a little faster than he wanted or get it blocked. So um, that's just, you know, we're grateful for that and the opportunity to win, you know, FSU's first national championship. Yeah, what was that What was that celebration like after Florida State's first national championship? Um, I mean, it was... Is there a sense of relief? I guess, I guess you could say that. Um, uh, but it was also in a, a time of elation. Because I don't know if it was relief, because we were on, we only been there for you know it was my fifth year, and so Coach Bowden had been there for quite some time, um, and he's had probably better teams um, than the one that we had, uh, but we were just the one that was able to overcome um, the obstacles of losing a game uh, in the year and getting back into the playoff chase or the championship chase. And so just, uh, you know, to be able to win the first one, it's just like having your first child or being a firstborn. You know, you always have that under your belt, Yeah, especially in history. Yeah, it's a little more special. We're speaking with Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner and a Florida State legend. And you finished the season throwing for over – 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. You became the first player to win the Heisman Trophy and the national championship in the same season. That hasn't been done since Tony Dorsett in 1976, and that's not bad for a one-time punter. Uh, what will you always remember from that 1993 season? Um, 
the one thing I remember is, you know, our, our motto, which was one thing left. And, you know, our guys, we had some selfless guys, uh, especially on the offensive side, William Floyd, uh, Lonnie Johnson. Uh, those guys gave up, you know, time on the field to, um, you know, because our offense kind of changed. And, you know, they never changed the way they played the game, the way they prepared for the game. Uh, with Coach Bowden changing the offense um, my junior year to uh, suit our 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 talent, um, you know, that's selfless. And all those things go hand in hand, you know, into kind of what we're doing. I mean, what, what ended up happening. So, you know, that was just uh, guys didn't care about stats. Maybe they did care, but uh, didn't, you know, come out. Um, because they just want to win, and you know, you know, I sacrificed time on the field as well uh, because we were winning games. Um, I didn't play a lot of fourth quarters, and so the numbers, you know, you I mean, sitting watching, you you would love to have been in some of those games. Sure. Um, in the fourth quarter, so that you can have four thousand or five thousand yard seasons, and you know, that's all you know, great. Uh, but, you know, I was grateful for just the opportunity that I had to be able to win a national championship when it's all said and done. Yeah, and uh, you didn't slow down at all because you won the Heisman Trophy prior to the game with the fourth largest margins of victory in the Heisman balloting, beating the likes uh, that year of Heath Schuler, David Palmer, Marshall Falk. What were your expectations going in the Heisman night? Um, well, again, this is something new for me. Um, and I was grateful just to be able to be um, in that mix and being able to go to New York uh, where I hadn't been before and also given an opportunity to, for my family to go to New York um, was all new. And so that was, you know, one thing. And the second thing, once it, you know, once I got on stage and I still didn't realize, you know, how big um, the Heisman Trophy was. I knew <laughs> how prestigious it was, but I knew that things big and heavy, in some form of fashion. Uh, but you know, just to have that moment, uh, hear your name call, um, you know, expectations were, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm grateful for this opportunity. And if my name is called, you know, I'll be one of those uh, guys who, have, you know, hoisted the, the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and, I mean, of course, your name changed, but uh, it didn't change who I was as a person because of my upbringing. And actually, I kind of shunned away from a lot of the limelight uh, because of that. But it was, I had to learn, you know, that you have to talk to media uh, you have to do appearances. You have to do all these different things. Now, uh, you just can't hide in your room. Like, yeah. uh, Did anybody what, from the Heisman uh, fraternity help you out? Uh, I'm st I'm still an introvert, so <laughs> you know, you know, you do all the the dinners, you know, afterwards, um, and uh, Nick's game um, as well. And but when it was all said and done, and I didn't, I don't. I didn't do any partying, doing those types of things outside of going to those events. Um, and that was probably different 
um, than most uh, Heisman winners um, because they normally probably like to go out to celebrate. Um, that's just what my style. Uh, but no, I'm not. That's who I am. So I'm not. Stay true to yourself, right? Yeah. And your well, name. Great experience. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And you were named All American in 1993, and had to make room in the trophy case as you won the Davy O'Brien, Johnny Unitas, Walter Camp Awards, and a host of others. You're also inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame in 2006. Where were you when you got that call? Where was I? I was either in Houston. Yeah, I was in Houston, I think, at the time. Did Coach uh, give you a call? No, I wasn't Coach. Probably somebody from the uh, yeah, National from Football the, Federation? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, gave me a call to let me know about it. And I knew Coach Bowden was going in the same year as well. And so that was a great experience also because I had never been to – I mean, we were in South Bend, but we didn't go to get an opportunity to go see uh, the College Football Hall of Fame when it, while, when it was there. And so that was a pretty neat experience uh, there in South Bend uh, at the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, get an opportunity to meet um, Tim Brown again. <laughs> um, you know, we played, I think it was a little seven on seven or flag football game. And, and oh, so it would be great if there's some video of that. Yeah. So it was it was a fun, fun, fun day, uh, fun weekend uh we had uh there well it's great you got inducted with coach uh tell me about the legendary bobby bowden uh well he is who he is um and what people say he is um you know when i had an opportunity to uh, play at florida state he was a legend even before that time and when he came on campus you know because i grew up in thomasville which is about 45 minutes from tallahassee and his show was on every sunday um, the Bobby Bowden show. And so he was definitely, um, grow, he, he grew in our house and anyone that was on television was like a superhero in a sense. And wow. so, you know, he, uh, again, once got an opportunity for him to come to a game, um, at one of my high school games, that was an honor. Um, and then he actually came in our living room and sat down and talked to us about, you know, potentially coming or coming to Florida state. Um, which was another uh, all moment. And so it was, um, and then once I got on campus, you know, just his, um, his Christian faith, the way he lived his life was, was different. Um, and so, you know, he's not perfect, just like none of us are, uh, but he definitely helped a lot of young men grow. Um, in their development. And I know for myself, I'm grateful because it gave me opportunity uh, to one, get a, get a degree uh, while playing sports. Uh, and, you know, he gave me multiple opportunities to, you know, be the quarterback. Uh, but he did tell me I needed to be, I want, if I wanted to play quarterback, I would have to be patient. And so he was honest and uh, upfront about all the things early on in the recruitment process as well as if I wanted to play basketball, I had to make sure my grades were right. And um, so he held to his word uh, and I had to do my part, but he held to his word. And so I was just grateful for his example um, of what, you know, fair looks like, what honest looks like and what a man of God looks like. Because we had Devo uh, each and every uh, Friday night before our games. And he also had devotional 
with his coaches, with his coach and his coaching staff uh, meetings as well. And most of the coaches, you know, adhere to those. Uh, they had some form of faith, which, you know, plays a big part in just, you know, team unity, uh, camaraderie. Like a uh, plan for one another, yes, and so those things uh, played a big part, um, and that's kind of who Coach Bowden is. Wow, oh, sounds like a tremendous man. And we're speaking with Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner and a Florida State legend. And like you keep mentioning about basketball, I mean, I don't know how you did it. You hit the game winner over Louisville in 1991, started on the Seminoles' Sweet 16 team in '92 and push Florida State to the brink of the 1993 Final Four. How did you juggle both sports? Well, my, my journey was a little different than most who plays who, who normally play two sports. Um, and the reason I say that is because I was the punter my freshman year, and so I played football full-time, went out for the spring. During the spring, they told me to come out spring. So I didn't get a chance to play basketball uh, that my freshman, true freshman year. The next year in football, I get red-shirted. And Coach Bowden, you know, I was out there uh, the first um, few games. You know, I was a scout team quarterback. But then once basketball season started, uh, he allowed me to go and play basketball full-time. Wow. Um, so I had no football responsibilities, you know, after that time. And so he allowed me to go and play football full I mean, basketball full-time. And so – that gave me an opportunity to really, you know, get my feet wet in basketball from a collegiate standpoint. And, you know, I came off the bench early on um, until, you know, later. Uh, but, you know, that was a, a, a great moment for me because it, it gave me an opportunity to uh, become a basketball player. Yeah, that's and, what you said you wanted when you went to Florida yeah. State. And, and so – that was uh, most times, you know, football, basketball player normally comes after basketball, after football season, and then he's used sparingly uh, or he's in and out of the, the rotation, if at all, because sure. he's not in, in the basketball shape or the coaches don't know him. But that year gave me an opportunity for the coaches to know who I, what kind of basketball player I was and get my, you know, my foundation in basketball. And then after that, I was back playing football and basketball, you know, the next three years. And so, but the basketball coaches knew what they were getting once I got out the basketball, well, once I got out the football field. Um, and so it was a juggle, um, but it was something that, um, as one of my teammates, Grady Ross, has said, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about, it's easy work um, because you you just enjoy doing it. Mm, I like and that. So, that is, uh, you know, something I just enjoy doing. And, you know, I enjoy playing basketball. I enjoy playing football. And doing both uh, wasn't really a big task. Um, it was just a matter of physically holding up. Um, but mentally, you know, things were there. Of course, skills, skill-wise in basketball was tough uh, for, you know, coming off the football field. Uh, but I was able to find a way to soar my strengths. I knew what I wasn't very good at, and so I didn't do that very often. Uh, but the things I was very good at, uh, you know, stealing basketballs, um, you know, doing the little things, uh, diving on loose loose balls, 
uh, a very good passer, making sure to pass to get to the right people, um, anticipation. Those are the things that I hung my hat on um, in basketball and was able to be successful. That's fantastic. And we're speaking with Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner. And speaking of that, Heisman, you're the only Heisman winner ever to play in the NBA. You get drafted by the Knicks in the first round of the 1994 NBA draft. How was it playing for coaches such as Pat Riley and Jeff Van Gundy after you played with such a legendary coach and Bobby Bowden? Uh, they all have their differences. Um, and uh, But as far as the way they coach, uh, Coach Riley and Coach Van Gundy were very similar because Coach Van Gundy was um, on the same staff as Coach Riley for a few years. And so he kind of picked up some of his mannerisms and coaching styles, uh, coaching style. And um, so they were kind of similar. Uh, but, of course, they were very good in their details, their, their preparation, uh, making sure that you knew what you're supposed to be doing, uh, how you're supposed to be doing it, and they took the time to do it. And they were master uh, motivators when it came to, you know, getting guys to play at a certain level. Um, and so that was, uh, you know, very similar to what I was accustomed to at Florida State uh, from a football standpoint, as far as the discipline and preparation and basketball is the same way, uh, you know, being prepared and ready for the games. So, yeah, it sounds like a lot carried over. Yes. Uh, Coach Popovich. Oh, um, yeah, well. yeah, Pop. Yeah. My so I, I, I had quite a few. Yeah, he had uh, quite a few really, coaches. really, really good coaches. All right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Charlie Ward. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. First off, have you spoken to P.J. Brown after the body slam in the 1997 Eastern Conference Finals? guys ever speak after that oh yes i mean we've um we reconcile <laughs> but you know he's he's actually supported when i was a coaching football he supported our football program uh with a donation so uh, uh, we've been in contact that's you know, wonderful. after that sure. that is wonderful to hear and number two not only did you play football and basketball at a high level you're also an avid tennis player and were drafted by the brewers and the yankees to play baseball so which of those two sports would you love to go back in time and play professionally? Um, between tennis, tennis baseball? and baseball, probably neither. But, um, <laughs> Not enough juice in that. Uh, those two sports? No. I mean, it's, I don't know. Baseball, you know, you got to go through the, the ranks. If I, if I could just jump to the major leagues, that would be great. And then in tennis, you know, it's, it's a grind as well, but, they're both uh, good sports uh, if you're just planning recreationally. There you go. We'll stay at the rec center for that one. And finally, yeah. <laughs> I'm a foodie. You played in Tallahassee and are from Georgia. Which has the better legendary meals or place to eat? Uh, you going with that Georgia home cooking, or I'm you got a favorite? You got grew a favorite yeah, I'm place. Going with Georgia. Going home Georgia. Cooking. What are we home eating cooking. in Georgia? Well, I'm eating at home, so uh, <laughs> it was going to be my mom's mac and cheese. Oh, can't go wrong with mom's uh, cooking. Meat, meatloaf, um, and, you know, just the collard greens. Oh, fantastic. Go with mom's cooking. And we've been speaking with Charlie Ward, national champion for the Florida State Seminoles, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, and a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. 
Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.